Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. It is the middle of November in the year 2021. COVID is very much still a thing. The holidays are around the corner. Temperatures are dropping and people are spending more time indoors. Luckily, there have been some recent game changers. Vaccines are widely available now to anyone who's five years old or older. Boosters for any adults who want a third shot are coming soon, too. And today's guest says you should definitely get one. It's clear everybody's going to need one at some point because we're not going to get to a herd immunity place or a point where we've got transmission under control soon enough to avoid healthy people getting boosters. That is Dr. Emily Landon. She's an infectious disease specialist at the University of Chicago. We also like to call her Nerdette's resident epidemiologist. Emily, welcome back. Hey, hi, Greta. Thanks for having me. I love being here. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for coming on. I think being the resident epidemiologist for something called Nerda is exactly what I wanted my whole life. It's the truth. Um, Okay, so we talked to you not that long ago, but there has been a huge development since then, which is the fact that kids five and over now are eligible to get the vaccine. Yippee! It's wild. So how much do you think... That, I mean, that increases the population of eligible people to be vaccinated pretty significantly. Like, do you think this could curb the pandemic in general? Well, it definitely gets us into a category of being able to get closer to some semblance of herd immunity. I think at this point, though, we all kind of realize that herd immunity is a great idea, but we're really not going to get there for a good long time. And what we're really looking for is enough population immunity to keep COVID transmission levels low and keep hospitals open and safe and keep people from generally, you know, not being able to do the stuff they want to do because of fear of COVID. And I think having the, you know, being able to vaccinate kids five to 11 is a, a big improvement. Um, But we still need a lot of adults to get vaccinated. Well, so that kind of speaks to a question we got from Nerdette listener Jenna, which isn't about adults getting vaccinated. It's about kids under five and when that might be able to happen. So Jenna said she has a beautiful seven month old baby, but between pregnancy and then having an infant, this pandemic has been what Jenna described as a marathon through hell. So she wants to know how much longer until babies over six months will be able to get the vaccine. Do you have any idea? Yeah. So it looks like that's going to happen. That data, the trials are ongoing. And that data is expected to come through sometime in the beginning of the year. Again, it's really important to remember that babies and kids are not just tiny adults. They need, uh, their organs sometimes work differently, sometimes more efficiently, sometimes less efficiently. Mm. And they oftentimes need, we need to study the doses in them. And the smaller you are, the more sort of broken up the groups have to be. And so that's why it takes so much longer for these littlest of kids. The great news is though, if you are pregnant and you get vaccinated either before you get pregnant or while you're pregnant, you will pass antibodies along to your baby. And that will help protect them in the early part of their life. 
And so that the time when they would be at the greatest risk. So that's really something that we, with adults being able to be vaccinated and it being safe during pregnancy, that's a really important way that you can protect baby. Yeah, that's wonderful. So Andrea in Arizona said uh, their kids got their second shot or will get their second shots on December 1st and said, my partner and I have our boosters. We are good to go back to normal life stuff like planning Disney vacation and signing up for hot yoga and spin classes and going to Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties, right? What do you think? Well, I think that it's a little bit challenging to say that you should just go back to everything all at once. Yeah. I think you're going to find that that's if you haven't been doing any of that stuff, it's probably not in your comfort zone. And mm. as your vaccines are kind of wearing off, you know, the, and there's always the risk of a new variant. So I, I would say this, I would say definitely resume a lot of things. Once your kids are fully vaccinated, you can feel a lot better about the protection that everybody has. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow the news, keep track of what's happening in your area. And so when the numbers are coming up, you want to pull back from some of those things. And it's really about curating down to the the events and the activities and the people that you really want to spend time with. So if you really want to have your cocktail party with friends that you have every year, every Christmas, and you didn't do it last year, and that's really important to you, then by all means, go ahead and do it. But think about not having it in a crowded bar because more people means greater chance somebody's going to come in with COVID. Yeah. And think about um, not doing, you know, the unmasked work party, which I'm sure if it were the nerd out work party would be super fun. But if it were like another work party, it might not be as fun. I like the idea of just being very picky about the things like that's good life advice, you know, it is and you can still do it right. So you don't you don't have to feel beholden to join any of these things that you would otherwise have felt beholden, you know, sort of yeah. required to do. So I think that at this point, you can still say, I'm curating. I love that. So Andrea had another question about masking because the school district their kids go to doesn't have mask requirements. It's all optional. So Andrea is wondering, like, after my kids are fully vaxxed, do you recommend that they still wear masks at school? Well, I guess this is a tough question. So they, it depends on what the rates are in your community sure. and what the other kids are doing. If most of the kids in the class are wearing masks, then it's probably a good idea to leave your kids in masks just to promote good behavior. Kids don't really mind wearing their masks. You know, it's not really a big deal to them. Mm -hmm. So unless it is a big deal to your kid, then yeah. I mean, I think it's okay if it's allowed. I think in general, during the wintertime, and maybe this person lives in the South because, I mean, Arizona, everybody yeah. in Illinois is masked, right? right? Oh, Arizona, you said that. Yeah. So, you know, it, the weather's a little bit better. You can do stuff outside in the winter. So that may be very reasonable. But remember, if the if the cases are coming up, then maybe you want to put masks back on. It depends on what your situation is at home. You're going to have to just make sort of an informed decision. If, if you're going to see grandma and grandpa who are high risk because one of them has a, a transplant or something the next week, then yeah, you want the kids to be wearing their masks at school and keeping some distance from people that are unmasked, even though they're vaccinated, because the last thing you want is for them to bring a breakthrough infection to grandma and grandpa, right? Yeah. So there may be times when it's a good idea to do so, and there may be times when it's not. And I think that you're going to have to use good judgment about that. But a lot of people know a lot more about that now than they did before. That's true, though. I don't know. I mean, like informed decision fatigue also feels very real, you know? Yeah, it does. Right. It's a lot easier to just say, I'm going to do it this way These all the time the because yeah. that's a little easier to follow. 
unfortunately, we're still in a place where you have to calculate your risk. You have to make a risk assessment, yeah. especially when it comes to, but I would save that once everybody's vaccinated, I would save that risk assessment for the highest risk periods, the highest risk locations and the highest risk people. Yeah. So I think if it's moderate or low risk, you can just go for it. So in short, you can resume a lot of things in your life that are moderate and low risk time periods, places, activities, people. That's helpful. Yeah. When you're dealing with a high risk situation, then you might want to think twice or make a plan. So yeah, speaking of high risk situations, which I suppose some people might call the holidays just under normal contexts, um, yeah, for fully vaccinated people, do you think it makes sense for folks to get tested before gathering for holidays? It depends on what you were doing before the holidays. So if mm. you're mostly just hanging out at home, going to work, where you work, if you know if most of your contacts are fully vaccinated and everybody's feeling well, and you really haven't had a ton of unvaccinated contacts and you're not going out to bars every weekend and you haven't been going to a lot of work parties, then to be honest with you, I don't think it's essential for everybody to get tested um, when they gather for a work party or for a, a family gathering. Mm -hmm. And if you're planning on doing like a one of those Binax nows that you can get at the, mm -hmm. you know, Walgreens, like two days before you go, that's not going to be worth it anyway. So either do a PCR test the day before you go or do um, the buy next now every morning when you're there. And the, the times mm -hmm. when I would do that is if somebody's really high risk, so, and you, and you want to help protect them. The other time is if you work in an area or do something where you're really going to be all the time out and about with a lot of other people and you're in a pretty high risk situation and uh, leading up to the days before you visit with family. And then, then you might want to, but if everybody in your family's healthy and vaccinated and not high risk for the disease. I'm, I'm not sure that that's necessary, but I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with it. And the easiest way to do it is probably to grab those Binax nows or one of those other antigen tests and just test in the morning on the days you're going to be there. Mm, that's smart. So Jen on Instagram wanted to know if they should avoid family gatherings with unvaccinated adults. That's a personal decision on your part if you're a yeah. vaccinated adult. If you're an unvaccinated adult, you need to be avoiding gatherings, period. If right. you're, <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't be gathering with a lot of other people and you should be, you know, and, and honestly, if you're unvaccinated and you want to, and you also want to avoid getting COVID, you should probably be asking people to be really careful in the days leading up. If you can't get vaccinated for some reason, you know, yeah. then you want to ask the other people to be extra careful in the days leading up to getting together, to be, you know, you know, to be avoiding additional contact so that you're sort of at the best risk possible. I'm more worried about the unvaccinated people. If you're vaccinated and you're high risk for some reason because you're immunocompromised, then yeah, you probably want to avoid unmasked contact with unvaccinated people, especially if they're not willing to make any concessions right. or be careful right. about you. Um, but I think otherwise, I think, yes, it's higher risk to gather and be up close with unvaccinated individuals. I would probably try and encourage them to get vaccinated and, you know, say, do it for the family. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's, it, it sort of depends on what the risk is. If, if, you know, if you get a breakthrough case of COVID 99 times out of hundred, you're going to be completely fine. Mm -hmm. If you only got Johnson and Johnson, you are immunocompromised. You're worried about getting, you know, for whatever reason you can't or haven't gotten a booster and you're sort of less protected than other people, then yeah, you got to be a little bit more careful. In just a minute, we're going to hear from Emily about the COVID pill. This is huge, huge, huge. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen 
as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. One more recent development that is really interesting is this whole, like, Pfizer pill situation that can be used to treat COVID-19. Yeah, this is huge, huge, huge. Okay, there's two, actually. Merck made this drug called Molnupiravir, and that is actually going for FDA approval for EUA or emergency use authorization on the 30th of November. And it was also extremely effective in preventing people from ending up in the hospital if they used it early on in the treatment course, early on in the symptom course of COVID. Then you have Pfizer's drug, Paxlovid. And um, it was also tested similarly. It's a different kind of medication. They're, They're similar, but different. Bottom line is these medicines are expected to be really helpful, especially for people who need to be rescued, at, you know, because they got a breakthrough infection, but they're immunocompromised, mm. or they've got other medical problems, yeah. something like that, really as a way of rescuing them if their booster or their shots didn't do the job that we expected to do. The other thing that they are expected to do well, because they worked so well early on in illness, and because of other, anti- other antivirals work, we expect that they will probably also be very useful in preventing infection after exposure, which makes an immunocompromised wow. transplant patient going to your, you know, sister's wedding a lot safer, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. And so this can really, really make a huge difference for us. And I think it's the thing that's been missing. So what we really need for good viral control or great transmission control measures, understanding how the virus transmits and knowing when to wear a mask, when to not wear a mask, how far you have to stay apart, whether or not service, you know, that stuff, yeah. which we figured out a vaccine to prevent it in the first place, which is the most important. And then um, a medication that you can use when the vaccine isn't isn't quite going to cut it. And and I think that that is what we're seeing here. And that'll also help us because, I mean, I, everybody needs to get vaccinated. Yes. If the unvaccinated people, if you find a pocket of unvaccinated people that end up having an outbreak, medications like this can help prevent them from usurping all of the medical resources in an area and, and creating problems like you saw in the South. And like you're hearing about a little bit in the West right now, mm. where hospitals are so full that other people can't get surgeries. And and we call them elective surgeries, but they can be things like um, elective means I choose next Tuesday right. to have my cancer removed. Yeah. That's elective, right? So when you hear elective, don't think it's nose jobs. <laughs> yeah, that does seem like a very important distinction. Um, so the last thing we wanted to ask you about was Europe, because cases are increasing there across Europe. They increased by more than 50 percent last month. Yes, they did. Which I don't like. I feel like throughout the course of the pandemic, people in the U.S. have looked ahead to Europe as sort of like what we can expect in the United States. The parts of Europe where you're seeing the bigger increases aside from Germany are places that have lower vaccination rates Okay, for whatever reason. I think that what you're seeing is is you know, vaccines are going to start wearing off. We're going to probably see more breakthrough infections, but that's okay if it's not filling the hospitals up with patients that need to be admitted. And if it's not causing lots and lots of long-term disease, Mm -hmm. what remains to be seen is really what the true rate of long COVID is in individuals that have breakthrough infections, clearly lower than in people who have unvaccinated infection. Mm -hmm. 
but that does not mean that it's low enough to be reasonable to just let everybody get COVID right. and, and, you know, and that's that. Right. So essentially what you're saying is it seems like circumstances might be different enough there that it's not necessarily like a clear analog of what we can expect. I don't think any place is a clear analog of any other place. I think what we're going to see now is very localized mm-hmm. problems. And now I think most places in the sort of northern climate area are going to see bumps of some kind. We're seeing case increase in Chicago and in Illinois again. Um, but how high, how spiky that looks, how surge-like that is where it gets in the way and causes, you know, there's so many sick people that you, you they have to make restrictions that you can't do things, you know, mm-hmm. that you want to do or not, it's going to depend a lot on the vaccination rate in the community and the responsibility of the people. I want to wait and have my unmasked contacts with people that it's important to me to see up up close and unmasked. And I I don't need to waste them on the library or the grocery store or, (laughs) you know, the Walgreens. (laughs) It's back to that curation thing, which I really do love. It's like, what's worth it? It is about that. It's, you know, you can have a bigger library now. I guess I'm thinking of curating books, (laughs) but like you you can have a bigger collection (laughs) of whatever you, um, of, of people right? Of human beings that you have up close and unmasked contacts with when you're vaccinated. But that still is not unlimited. It's not back the way that it was in 2019. And so you're gonna have to think about it Mm -hmm. a little bit. But you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. It certainly is a lot better. And and if you're still behaving the way you were in March of 2020, you are missing out. Mm. So it's time to it's time to move on a little bit. Oh, that's great advice. Emily, thank you so much. It's always just like so clarifying and helpful to talk to you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yes. All right. That's it for this week. We will be back next Friday with an episode all about what to do with your Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm excited for you to hear it. Before I go, we are trying out a cool, sweet little thing here at Nerdette. As you know, the show is made here at WBEZ, which is a nonprofit public media station. That means this show exists because of support from listeners like you, which means if you would like to throw us some spare change, we would super appreciate it. You can set that up over at wbez.org slash nerd change. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. See y'all next week. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.